4: We are off and running on a Wednesday evening live from the Circus Sportsbook. And oh, what a treat it is, my good friend <laughs> and former partner in crime, Nick Ashu, in for the next handful of days. And we got a lot to get to, Nick. Clippers and Suns going on midway through the second quarter, and this has been a entertaining battle back and forth. And I think a lot of people, uh, especially what we saw uh, over the weekend, that eighty four to eighty <laughs> slugfest, the wasn't game even we want to forget. Yeah, it was. Ugh. It wasn't even good defense. It was just missed shots. Oh. But this has been off to a, a tremendous start. Sixty three or sixty two points in the first quarter, going well over the first quarter total. We sit right now, Phoenix forty eight. And uh, the Clippers, 47. I'll be honest, Nick, this was a game for me coming in, and I said it last night. I, I just didn't really have a good feel. I, I wanted, I felt there like there would be some regression for the Clippers. You know, Marcus Morris went nuts. Paul George had 31 in the second half. But there was also this part of me telling me that all the pressure's on, on Phoenix right now. You know, they're they're down. They were up 3-1. Now it's 3-2. You don't want to get to a Game 7 situation. So that's that was why it led to, to a stay away for me. Ultimately, this thing moved in the direction of the Suns, and they went off a one-point favorite it, here tonight. It, Phoenix is the heavy favorite, and it's weird to talk about the
2: Suns and say, like, hey, this team has pressure on them because people expect them to win. Yeah. This is a new scenario for everybody except, you know, really Chris Paul, and even he hasn't been in this position before. But, you know, there's this weird dynamic where you have this, you know, a, a team in the Suns and the story of Chris Paul and him getting to the Finals and your heart kind of gets in there, right? Where you look oh, at yeah. this and go, I see them as the favorite. I also would love to see Chris Paul get to an NBA Finals. But what Tyron Lue has been able to do with this Clippers team each and every series they find ways to climb back they find ways to get back in the series there's something on just the mental side the chemistry that this clippers team has it your gut almost tells you
4: watch out for them again well and it's it's crazy that i talked about this last night and you know what was so infuriating about Chris Middleton's performance, but it's kind of his MO: is you get the highs, but you get the lows, right? You, mm-hmm. you get the thirty-nine point performance uh, to to take the series back in their favor against the Hawks, and then you get yesterday where he goes zero for seven from three. Reggie Jackson, a guy who scored over twenty points seven times all to- all during the regular season, has been a rock for. The Los Angeles Clippers, and he just completed a three-point play. He's got 13 points right now. Does <laughs> Reggie Jackson? This guy has been so consistent in this postseason since Kawhi has gone down. And you know, he looks—he he, he, kind of reminds you of the Oklahoma City Reggie Jackson, not the not the Detroit version where they were pushing him out of town. Yeah, you know what? Also,
2: is a factor for him. Contract year. Yeah, there you go. He's gonna get paid. So this is an opportunity to be in the spotlight. Have everybody continue to talk about what Reggie Jackson's doing because he knows this offseason is gonna be a big one, one for him. And it's not a it's not a big free agency class either. So it's a perfect opportunity for him to raise his spotlight, give himself an opportunity to really be out there and be seen more. And he's answered
4: we've got uh, we 've got some uh, history that just went down in Omaha, Nebraska, Mississippi State, for the first time in school history, they have won a national championship in any sport. so break out those cowbells, Stark Vegas because you guys are national champs, nine to nothing, and now only two schools in all of Power Five can say they don 't have a national championship to their name that is Kansas State. And Virginia Tech, but Mississippi State gets it done. They lose Game One of this uh, this series. And uh, Jeff Parles, I know you told me that Mississippi State stinks. I guess they're the worst national champion of uh, college baseball history. But they get it done. Uh, They were a slight underdog tonight. Uh, Right around uh, plus 110. But Mississippi State gets it done. And then uh, game two of the Stanley Cup final going on with three-tenths of a second to go. The Tampa Bay Lightning take the lead. Blake Coleman scores to make it 2-1. to So after two periods, the Lightning leading the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 2-1. to one. Anthony Sorelli scored the game's first goal and you could have cashed a 30-1 to one ticket here at Circa on that. That's Nick Ashu. I'm Tim Murray. Not even to the half out in Los Angeles. We got a lot to get to. It has been an entertaining start to Suns and Clippers. Let's start the show. Here we go. It's a nightcap here on VEASAN live from the Circus Sportsbook. My good friend Nick Ashu flying all the way from the D.C. area out for the next handful of nights. And we got a lot to get to as the Phoenix Suns lead 56 to 52 under four minutes to go in the second quarter out in Los Angeles. Game six, a potential birth to the uh, NBA Finals on the line. Canadians down two to one against the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game Two of the Stanley Cup Final, and as I mentioned just a moment ago, Mississippi State. Congrats to the Bulldogs. They win uh, tonight nine to nothing over Vanderbilt. So uh, the 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 party in Starkville, Mississippi, is on uh, as Mississippi State wins a national championship. But Nick, let's uh, let, let's let's head to the NBA, and this has really been a a fun start to this game with Phoenix. And uh, the Clippers, you're already over the first half total. I mean, this has been the anticipation for this game was to, to be pretty pretty low scoring. And we've seen that, you know, 116-102 1, just a couple nights ago in the, uh, in the Clippers' victory. You had a first half total of just 105.5. You're already at 55 or 56 to 52. Phoenix with that lead over the Clippers. This has been kind of what we expected. And this is the type of basketball I think we've been craving because last night was a dud. <sighs> you get the injury. Um, you know, this series... Outside of the 84-80 performance uh, over the weekend, this series has really been uh, pretty fascinating and entertaining and back and forth by both of these squads. The whole playoffs, though, like if you look at the whole entire
2: NBA playoffs, there's been so much unpredictability, whether it's guys getting hurt or the random 84-80 game there, which was 1997 NBA playoffs, right. except for there wasn't a bench-clearing brawl. That was really the only difference. But, you know, th- this series now, it's one of the more entertaining. One, the key here is that you've got, really, the two teams out in the Western Conference that had much higher expectations, I'd say, other than Milwaukee. Like Atlanta, that Bucs-Hawks series is is weird because you, you look at a team in the Hawks that was... Horrific until the all star break. You fire your coach, and then it turns into a situation where they turn it all around and they get to the Eastern Conference finals. But you expected more out of the Suns. You expected more out of the Clippers. But then there's no Kawhi Leonard, yet playoff P comes out, and he makes his presence known in this series. And you have an 84 80 game where nobody's scoring. And now you have this where if you took the over in this game, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. Good spot to be in. Uh, And it's just, it's. Look, there have been a lot of entertaining parts about this playoffs, but there's also been some frustrating parts about it as well.
4: Yeah, you look at the in-game total just uh, over my shoulder, 233 and a half. So, uh, if you played the over in this one to start at 214 and a half, you are you're working with 19 points. So you are 19 points ahead of where you were pre-flop in this bad boy at 233 and a half, late in the second quarter was it just a matter of time i mean we we all with this unusual year plus nick with, yeah. with covid That's and, an understatement. and players <laughs> coming off of of these covid pauses i i think people expected chris paul and i'm a bit guilty of it because you heard the reports he was he was you know asymptomatic and and, and everything but you had to remember he was removed from the team activities for you know a week and a half so you could see him be exhausted a couple nights ago. Over for 6 from 3. Tonight he hits a couple threes here to start this game. So, Chris Paul, 10 points, 4 assists already. And, you know, I mentioned it before, and one reason I stayed off this game, I lean towards the Clippers, but, you know, I do think the Suns are a better team, especially with Zubots out. Uh, you know, I think. DeAndre Ayton could 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 go to can go to work. He's got 10 points already tonight, 5 or 6. But Chris Paul having him back full strength, that makes it so interesting for them in the futures market and for them to potentially, you know, defeat the Milwaukee Bucks now with the uh, the, the Giannis injury. I mean, he is obviously the the straw that stirs the drink for this Phoenix team. And to see him hit a couple threes early in this game had to give him confidence. And, I, and I'll say this, he had to give Phoenix the, as a team some confidence. Uh, he needed that because yeah. when he came back from the
2: COVID break, he did not look like the Chris Paul we remember. And like, it's one thing, like, for you and I to sit around for two weeks, we're going to get out there and do some physical activity, and it's going to be tough for us. Nothing's going to gonna change. To play in an NBA game right. after basically being away from all workouts, you're not really allowed to do much when you're in that protocol. So it was going to take a little bit of time for him to get back out there, get his basketball legs back. It, And you're starting to see that now. And, you know, look, you talk about Milwaukee now with Giannis, and we don't know his status. There's Trey Young and his situation in Atlanta, and you start to go this may be a clear path for... There's a reason why Phoenix is the heavy favorite now to win the title because they're, as of this moment, they're the healthiest team in the playoffs because there's no Kawhi Leonard. It looks like he probably won't play the rest of at least this series. There are reports today that I saw that, you know, they may reassess if they get to the finals, which I love because the report was, well, Kawhi's camp and the Clippers are going to sit down and discuss <laughs> whether or not it's good for him to play in the finals. Are, are we really having this discussion that it's going to be whether or not it's okay for well, Kawhi, Kawhi
4: Leonard? Kawhi is the only guy that yeah. in history has ever had an issue with San Antonio.
2: So. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable <laughs> how that is even a – like it's one thing if you're just like he's not healthy enough, but when the conversation is because of that history in San Antonio where you go, well, this camp is going to sit down and discuss with the Clippers whether he's going to play in the finals – to me, the, the Suns are that team that has a clear path, but you also have a roster that other than Chris Paul and again, this is as far as he's ever gone, uh, they don't have this it, they don't have the experience being in this position either. So Well, no I'll, one really yeah, got said. I said, mean, as I said that." I was like, "Well, actually, you, you, I mean, you've got you've had the Bucks in the conference finals before, but like Atlanta hasn't been there." So, it's it just it really feels like the the, the stars are are lining for Phoenix to make this happen.
4: Well, just think about, I mean, obviously we've Discussed how crazy this this year has been. This postseason has been with all the injuries. But you know who on any one of these teams, you know, Ty Lue as a coach has won a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, who probably won't play the remainder of the <laughs> postseason. Uh, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa! They're going to discuss. <laughs> His camp is going to sit
4: down and discuss it. Um, you know, you look at the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they're they're all young bucks. Uh, you look at Milwaukee. Did so, you call the Hawks, the young bucks? I did yeah that was, that was a poor choice could have of I want to I'll reassess I'll go back and <laughs> yeah. I'll look at the your tape your
2: camp will sit down and reassess I'll this look as it, we I'll go look at forward. the tape
4: 60 to 54 <laughs> right now uh as we uh, as we near the end of the second half and uh yeah for Chris Paul in the first 3 games since returning from from the covid uh, pause for him he was shooting 31% from the field mm mm-hmm. mhm 9% from three. Ugh. 9%. Ugh. He had That's gone. Ben Simmons numbers right there. He was two for 16 from three, and he was able to hit two threes early. So, um, yeah, right now, the Suns, you're kind of seeing. And one thing I mentioned last night on the show was in game six against the Lakers, what was so impressive to me was the fearlessness of of this Suns team. Now being in the conference finals Mm -hmm. in front of a full arena on the road is a little bit different, but I think the fact that they were able to step up Anthony Davis going down in that game probably helped re-energize them a little bit. But that moment to me, Nick was, was pretty telling about, you know, some teams just, they they don't they don't wilt in the moment. They don't clipper like they did last year, up three games to one in the Western Conference semifinals. So this, while it is uh, a bit surprising, because you know if if I had known this would happen, I would have played it. But seeing them come out and, and shoot this well, um, and, and thinking about how poorly Devin Booker and Chris Paul shot from the field. Things tend to find, you know, even themselves out a little bit. And I, I could tell you right now, though, just watching how this game is going, this feels like a war down down to the stretch. It looks like, is that
2: DeAndre Ayton who's face down on the court? Yeah. I mean, this is, look, this is, but you you know, you know, talk about a team in the Suns where, you know, early on and, and how they've played so loose and the confidence that they have. That's a testament to Chris Paul and his leadership and what he's brought to this team. Look, I, I certainly thought the Suns were going to be a lot better this year. I didn't think they would be this good. One of the reasons why I'd love to see Chris Paul win a title this year is because then he'll finally get the respect that he deserves as an all-time great point guard. He is an all-time great, but year after year, he's had his own injuries. He's had bad luck in the playoffs, and I get it. That, that happens. There's no, you, th- that Sometimes it just happens to players, but we keep track of legacies for NBA greats with winning titles whether it's fair or not in a team sport that's part of it and what he's been able to do with every single team that he's played with he has made them better and what he's been able to do for Chris Paul to win a title with this Phoenix Suns team this young Phoenix Suns team that is that is the best possible thing that he can ever have happen to him so that people will finally
4: recognize how great of a player he is yeah and you're able to bring the best out of Devin Booker who certainly early on in his career Nick got his fair share of criticism, mm-hmm. the, the putting up the 70 uh, after after dropping 70 in a loss. You know,
2: people got mad at that, but, like, he put up 70 points. Enjoy the <laughs> moment. That team was young
4: and they weren't good. That was, they like, the bad. best
2: thing that happened to them in years.
4: Well, and I think, too, you know, what they're reviewing right now, by the way, uh, in Los Angeles, DeAndre Ayton going up for a bucket, and Pat Bev came over top. Jeez. And I don't know. I mean, to me, it's, uh, who knows? I, I don't know what a flagrant is anymore. I, I thought the flagrant foul on on Chris Paul was was kind of outrageous to to call that when he was just trying to fight over a screen. But he, you know, he went over top, and we'll see if that's a flagrant foul. But well, I think guy, Pat, I think guy, Pat Beverly's kind of anticipating it, and DeAndre Ayton is uh, being walked off. I don't know if he got a little bit of whiplash because he came over the top of mm-hmm. his head and hit and and blocked it. It's, you know, you watch a little guy
2: like Pat Bev jump over the top of a seven-footer and block a shot like that. It's it's going to be something where there's going to be a little bit of contact on the back. He's springing over him. That's like me trying to block a shot that you're taking. There, there's about a foot difference between us almost. So it's just, it takes a little extra effort. But you're right. Now you don't really know what a flagrant foul is anymore. It's impossible to keep track of this. And, You know, Patrick Beverly does kind of have a reputation for, you know, being an annoyance to other teams. You want him on your team, but you don't necessarily want to play against him. I also think if he's on your team, he drives you crazy too. Uh, maybe two point He's apparently just full of energy all the time. Yeah. Like he just is like five Red Bulls deep naturally every single day. And it is, I think it's going to be a common foul. Yeah. So,
4: and that's the right call. Uh, I, there was a little contact to the back of his head, but, but that's, he, hit, he hit the ball first. Yeah. It was a, it was a basketball, yeah. play. it was a foul, yeah. but it was a basketball play. I so. root for the shorter guys every time. Um, you know that. You know, so. by the way, I, I do want to bring this up because prior to uh, the show, we're driving in and you say, you know, Devin Booker, no mask. No yep. mask tonight. Yep, he's going off. 14 points right 14 now. 14 points. Yes, sir. I, I, you know, I, I took a little plus money on the over to 2070, 20, 28 and a half. Now I didn't get in on on the game's leading scorer. Uh, which which is where he says at plus one seventy, and I know you were all about it. You had a you had a little bit of uh, uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, newbie, yeah. To, newbie to Vegas couldn't figure yeah. it out and get down to the counter well, uh, get down to the counter. Well, time.
2: I wanted to run down to the kiosk. It wasn't doing the app thing out here. It's a little <laughs> different. It's more fun to just go down to the kiosk and actually do it. And Aaron Oster went down there with me. We were like, all right, let's make sure that we're going to get this in because I was like, wait a second, Devin Booker at plus one seventy would be a leading score. I'm in. He's mask off. I saw him in warm-ups. This guy's going to go off tonight. I was, he's probably going to score 40. So we're running down there, and we're going into the kiosk, putting the money, and I look, oh, we got a prop bet too, plus 400, somebody scoring 40. This is perfect for me. Why don't I take both? And sure enough, one, about three to four seconds short, it's taken off the board. So what's going to happen is Devin Booker will score 40 and have more points than anybody else in this game, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to be really, really bitter. That's I'm, how this night's going to go. Gonna laugh. I'm just I'm going to
4: laugh. I know you will. I know you will. But, but I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we have treats and beats later yeah. on in the show. We'll we'll grade out these props because it'll all be done by the end of the show, and, and we'll see. Maybe it was a, a treat that you weren't able to get that in. Sometimes the bet that you don't make that you can't get in ended up working out. Uh, we're headed to the half in Los Angeles, and the Suns, Couldn't be happier with their performance. They're up 66-57, to and Jay Crowder, who's never seen a three he didn't like, has hit four (laughs) threes already in this game. I did not have that prop. He is uh, four for six from three and 16 points. So Jay Crowder is your current leading scorer. And as you take a look there, uh, if you played the over nine and a half, you're in uh, good shape. You got yourself a winner at the half. He already has 16 points, does Jay Crowder. So, I mean, he is the ultimate hot-and-cold type of player. And look at that, Nick. Now, I don't think it's sustainable, but you're halfway home to a 100-to-1 ticket if you play Jay Crowder to be the game's leading scorer. I'm going to say right now, he will not be the game's leading scorer, but 16 points in the first half, 100-to-1. Uh, certainly, if you took your flyer on that, you're, you're sitting in good uh, good shape. But uh, four sons in double figures in that first half. Jay Crowder, 16. DeAndre Ayton, 10. Remember, you know, he had been just an over machine so far this postseason. He had just 10 total points in the last game. He has 10 at the half. Chris Paul has 10, 4 assists, and Devin Booker, your guy with 14 points, 6 of 13 from the field. I I'll tell you what,
2: I, I see I saw a big game for DeAndre Ayton in this too, and I had to feed him early, and that's exactly what they've done. They have fed him early. I know it was 10 in the first quarter, but this is an opportunity to get him involved. Jay Crowder's not going to be the leading scorer in this game. So I, I am very,
4: and we'll get it either right before we hit the break or on the other side, this Clippers team ain't going away. Mm. They're at home. Mm-mm. It's game six. Mm-mm. We have seen the fight in this team. And, you know, pre-flop, this game was a pick. Very interested to see what the second half line will be. I would guess in the minus four range or so uh, for for the Clippers. But I, I think it, there's... With the way that the Suns are shooting, Suns are shooting 10 of 17 from three, 26 of 47 from the field. If this is in the Sun or Clippers minus three and a half, so for the full game, you know, you're know you looking at five and a half, I think it's a play on the Clippers because I think this game's going to get tight. Clippers minus two and a half is what I just heard. And so, it, yeah. Tim will be betting that during <laughs> the break. Make
2: sure you run down fast if you want to get to that kiosk. I know. I, I wasn't prepared for that, okay? You know, it's a little different where I live. There's a lot more restrictions. <laughs> it's a little easier out here, okay? That's Nick Ashew hanging out with
4: me for the next couple of days. we got a national champ in baseball. we got a Stanley Cup final. Game two going on, and we're at the half. We'll get to the updated second half line. Sun 66, Clippers 57. It is the nightcap here on Vicent. Do we get another 31-point second-half performance from Paul George. The Clippers trailing 66-57, to 57, trying to stave off elimination yet again. Now, they're not on the road today, Nick. Ty Lue this postseason 4-0 in elimination games on the road. Now, they haven't lost an elimination game because they're Still playing basketball, but uh, 66 to 57 is the halftime score, and uh, Clippers a two and a half point second half favorite, so plus six and a half for the full game. And uh, actually, looking like South Point, there might be some money coming in on the Phoenix Suns as they've dropped it down to Clippers minus two. But I, I just, the way that game unfolded in the first half, Nick. It, it felt like it was much closer than nine. So if I'm getting six and a half for the full game for the Clippers, I think it's a decent spot to be in uh, because I certainly could see this game landing in that four or five range. I think the Suns probably pull this thing out, uh, but... I think the Clippers—they've got some fight left in them, and they're not going to—they're not going to quit. And Paul George, uh, just six points in that first half, three of eight from the field. I think you're going to see a much better second half, and and I, there might be some regression as well uh, from the Suns. Four of six from three for Jay Crowder. Dario Saric hit a couple of threes. I think there will be some some regression from the Suns offensively, so that's why I took it.
2: They're shooting 58% from three. I just don't expect Phoenix to do that in the second half. The Clippers are going to try to bog this down a little bit, get more physical, make things more difficult for the Suns. But you're right, Like you mentioned this last segment. Jay Crowder is that guy where every once in a while he goes out and just can't miss. Mm -hmm. And then he has those games. He's similar to Marcus Morris in a lot of ways, where there's one game where it's like, oh, okay, so he's just going to make everything. And the next game he thinks that he's still going to make everything, and it's heat check after heat check, but he's colder and colder and colder, and he goes like one for seven. But right now, Jay Crowder is a big reason why the Suns are in the position that
4: they're in. Yeah, and a chance to go to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993 when they lost to the Chicago Bulls, Charles Barkley, the <laughs> league MVP back in 93. Uh, there. Was I still love watching KJ those old KJ and Barkley. Dan Marley. I like Philadelphia, Charles he was, a, he was a little leaner. He was dunking he was. on dudes. When he was running the
2: floor like a point guard oh, yeah. and just going right to the rack, I was like, oh, man. Try to see Barkley do
4: that now. Uh, just <laughs> a quick update on what's happening in Tampa right now. The Lightning looking to or trying to take a 2 0 lead in the Stanley Cup final. They lead 2 1 over the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens tied this game midway through the second period. Nick Suzuki on the power play, but Blake Coleman with uh, under a second to oh. play. In the second period, made it 2-1, to one, and uh, Anthony Sorelli, he scored your game's first goal. 13-1 at DraftKings. Actually, uh, here at Circa, 30-1 to one to score the game's first goal. So the Tampa Bay Lightning, I know a lot of people, uh, some people out there, even at minus 270 to win this series, felt like that series price was too short and an opportunity for the Lightning to uh, to take a pretty commanding 2 lead over the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and, and
2: how about an organization, too? If you remember, for so long, it was always they couldn't get to this point, right? right. And now to see them possibly win it again, it's it just it just shows, and look, you and I have a D.C. background. We're from there. We have seen a city go through those, like, hey, Nats are going to do it. The Capitals are going to do it. And then every single year, you get those letdowns. To have Tampa be able to do it last year, but then be in this position again right now, it, it, it shows that every once in a while, if you just keep that team together, keep them in a position, and you keep pushing forward, they have an opportunity. Now they can do back-to-back seasons.
4: Yeah, and this, this postseason, especially for, for the NHL, you talk about the Montreal Canadiens, Lowest point total of any team in the field of sixteen. They come out of the uh, they come out of the Canadian pod, overcome a three one deficit to the Toronto Maple Leafs and beat the Vegas Golden Knights. And it, now it just feels like you're up against a team that uh, you have no match for. Darren hey. Banksy talked about it. I mean, just too much physicality from the Lightning, and and right now a chance for the Lightning to take a pretty commanding series lead. Yeah, but you even had. I mean, it was
2: a it was physical from both sides. I think it was what hits were like fifty eight fifty seven. Canadians had by far the most hits they've had in a game all year. So they, they at least tried to play along, but Tampa's just a better team. But you're right, like the playoffs are, in the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are so unpredictable. We talk about the NBA playoffs being unpredictable, but what we see oh, year in and year out in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's always that one team. We've had so much more parity this year in the NBA, but that's not the norm. You expected the Lakers, you know, you
4: expected maybe the Sixers. So it's, it's, it's what they do in the playoffs. And Mississippi State gets it done. They win their first national championship as they beat Vanderbilt tonight. Uh, saw that they were just hammered in the SEC tournament. And uh, doesn't matter for them as they're able to win the national championship. So congrats to the Bulldogs. They win 9-0 over Vanderbilt. Good news for the Bucks. But when will we see Giannis? We'll discuss the tweaks and the odds with the Giannis injury next, right here on the Nightcap. If you missed any part of our show, these first 30 minutes have been tremendous. Or anything on the v schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows. That includes Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, Lombardi Line, and My Guys in the Desert, The Feed, v Best Bets. Also, we've got great podcasts for you. Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've also got Hardwood Handicappers with our guy, JVT, Long Shots Gone Racing and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now. vcin.com backslash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. This is Nick Ashu To my left, I'm Tim Murray. It is the Nightcap second half just underway out in Los Angeles, 66-57. Phoenix with a nine-point lead. I am in on the Clippers' second half, laying two and a half, so full game plus the six and a half. So we will see how this unfolds here down the stretch. Ty Lu trying to continue his magical, mystical uh, ability to avoid elimination. Uh, I believe the record is 10-2 and two all time when facing elimination, Nick. Uh, obviously, they've staved it off quite a bit so far this postseason and now trying to do it again in this series, down nine to start the second half. He is a wonderful
2: motivator. them. It's amazing what he's been able to do. And you hear players talk about how he just is relatable to them. And you talk so much more about today's NBA player, right? And coaches have to be relatable and they've got to be you don't have to be like a, a a player's coach. You can still put yourself in a position where you are the authority. You are the one that is leading the team, but players respect you. There's a healthy balance there and it seems like Ty Lue has been able to find it. Now I'm sure he'd probably prefer not to be down 0-2 0-2 oh, in a series <laughs> down three, one, like maybe he'd like a lead for a change, but the fact that he could still rally his teams back from this one, it makes the series more exciting because you can sit here and go, well, there's a chance we still have a game seven in this, which would be nice, but it also makes it a whole lot harder to predict where things are going to go because you sit there and go, well, okay, is the magic going to end now? Is this going to be when it stops? And yet they still find ways to continue to get back into this. And it, look, this is a Clippers team that's had expectations with a roster that was just thrown together last year and you think, All right, you got a couple of stars, you should win a title. And what happened in the bubble, I know it was the bubble. I know there's other extenuating circumstances, and some people just weren't as prepared maybe to be in that situation. But this is a redemption time now for the Clippers, and they've gotta to continue to push forward because every game now is an elimination game for them. Well,
4: they treated, you know, last year like they had accomplished something when they hadn't accomplished anything. Uh, well, come on, man. They, they, they had were the stars, king. though. They were
2: the kings of L.A. You know? I mean, they were here to take over the Lakers town. It, this is how it goes. All you need to do is have the guys on your— The only thing they didn't have was a huge pep rally with them rising up out of the floor like a phoenix. At least that not team won two, titles. Not two, not three. Exactly. They at least answered. But they didn't win in year one. They did win in year two, and the Clippers are in year two with this, although Kawhi may never play again yeah. in the playoffs. So. And that team also—I
4: mean, they wilted in the finals, they did. They didn't lose a, as a three up three one in the East Western Conference semifinals. It's, it's, it's true. Uh, but, right, it can't
2: be perfect, okay? Yeah, right. The parallels aren't
4: going to be exactly I just, right? I just, this, me and the Clippers, we have a love hate relationship. I, I, I'm I, I noticing I, that. I despise. I, I, yeah. I despise is too strong. It, they drove me crazy. Um, the end of the season kind of got under my skin. How? Yeah. They, but at the end of the day, they were right. Right? They they. Their side of the bracket worked out very well for them, and they were able to advance on here and, and take on the Phoenix Suns. So a nine-point lead right now. So good news today in regards to Giannis that there is no structural damage, Nick. He did not tear at ACL. It is just a hyperextended knee. It's listed as doubtful for tomorrow uh, for uh, for this series, uh, for for game five, excuse me. And then you just look at, we were wondering last night, what the tweaks would be to the odds Mm -hmm. for the Bucs. I mean, going into last night, which I still I need to get over the fact of that first half, because, you know, in gambling you just you have to have a short memory. You can't let things last. But that first half was such an absolute embarrassment by the Bucs when Giannis was healthy. But look at these odds, Nick, and how much they have changed. Bucks were odds on favorites, minus one fourteen to win the title prior to last night's game and prior to the injury. And now the Suns are at minus 155. So with the news that we have heard and learned about Giannis, which is he doesn't have a torn ACL, but we also don't know when he could be back. At plus 325, are the Bucks worth a play? Are the Hawks maybe worth a play now that they've got, they're in a 2-2 series, Giannis is hurt, We don't know if Trey Young will be back. Maybe the Hawks are an interesting play. So what stands out to you when you look at how the odds have adjusted due to the Giannis? Well,
2: it's interesting to see. it When I see Atlanta at plus 550, I like that. Because I see a team that if you don't have Giannis playing, and Chris Bosh I think today said that he had a similar injury to Giannis, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't expect him to play the rest of the playoffs, however long that goes. Now, granted, that everybody's different, and there are people like Adrian Peterson, who we remember came back from a torn ACL <laughs> and then ran for 2,000 yards, and everybody thought they could do it, and it's just not the case. But maybe Giannis is able to come back. But when I look at what Atlanta was able to do in that game when Giannis was playing, Atlanta just looked like the better team. They looked like the team that was deeper, because they are. Atlanta is a much deeper team. They're not as necessarily as good and talented at the top as Milwaukee is, but Chris Middleton is hit or miss, where you can watch him go off, and then the next game he's completely silent. You're going to need a massive performance from both Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Because remember, Milwaukee went out and gave everything to the Pelicans. They were like, so just give us a list, and here you go, and just write down your price, and we want Drew Holiday. Because he was supposed to be that third guy. This is now... His time. He's got to be the one to step up. Not just Chris Middleton with Giannis out of there. But when I see Atlanta and what they were able to do,
4: I feel a lot more confident in the Hawks now moving forward. We'll talk more about this game uh, later on in the show. But if this price keeps dropping, you know, right now Milwaukee is a two-point favorite at home. Giannis isn't going to play. I think we're pretty confident. But Trey Young is not going to be Trey Young tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. If he if he was not able to go last night, Nick, he was really hurt. You were down two games to one at home, and you are your team's best player. And and from what we have seen this postseason, that is one tough. You know what? And Trey Young. So if he couldn't go, he comes. If he comes back tomorrow, he's a, you know he's a game time decision. Are you looking at a James Harden type of performance? Mike Conley coming off of his injury. I don't know how effective Trey Young is gonna be. I'm curious if there's an overreaction because yes, Trey Young is 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 the best player, healthy player in the series if Giannis is out. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, you can argue, the next two best players. And if Trey Young's compromised, decoy. Yeah. Stand in the corner and just shoot threes on one foot. Well, speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks and when we could see Giannis again, could we see him this series? Will he be the NBA Finals? We'll head to Milwaukee next. We'll talk to our good friend Lance Allen. That's Nick Ashew. I'm Tim Murray. It's the Nightcap right here on v Welcome back in to the Indeed.com studio. Hiring? Start finding the right people right away. Visit Indeed.com/credit. With all the movement, it was great to have Vinnie Maiulo on the show last night. Instant reaction to what we, what they were going to do to the Bucks and Hawks series. What that price would ultimately be. We saw a couple out last night. We actually saw, as, as crazy as it sounds, one spot in town. Opened and then took it out. Uh, took it off. Uh, bucks minus five and a half. Now the market is settled right now around two, uh, two and a half for part of the day. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a, a very interesting time. So we're going to talk to Johnny Avello coming up top of the hour, and uh, you know where they stand uh, with this whole series and, and how just this postseason has uh, has played out. Nick Ashu, Tim Murray, with you here on the nightcap and the Suns. Up 73 to 64, so they've played it even so far. And, you know, we were expecting some sort of drop-off. It may come, and Jay Crowder just picked up his fourth foul, Nick. So that is something to keep an eye on. He has been massive for uh, right now for for this uh, Suns team. He's got five threes. Five of seven,
2: 19 points. Uh, this is one of those Jay Crowder good games. You can get Jay Crowder good games. You can get Jay Crowder bad games. This is an opportunity right now with him out with four fouls, if you're the Clippers, you take advantage of this because they haven't been able to stop anything from Jay Crowder, also Chris Paul in the mid-range. He just he can't miss from the mid-range. So, these are two situations right now where you at least now take Jay Crowder out of the equation for the minute and this gives the Clippers a chance to sort of climb back
4: in this one. I thought Terrence Mann, he just hit a free throw. I was expecting him to to have a bigger game. I mean, Terrence Mann. You know, thirty-nine again. Well, we talked about the consistency, right, of players. And yeah, you know, I'm not comparing Terrence Mann to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton's an all-star, and but when you look at Chris Middleton and and the ebbs and flows, I mean, Terrence Mann had thirty-nine. You, you're never, you're probably never going to get that again. No. But here in this series, at home, twelve and twelve, and games three and four in Los Angeles. On the road, nine, eight, and four. Tonight, his over-under was sitting at ten and a half. He right now only has three points. And Terrence Mann was a guy, uh, you mentioned Ty Lu in the rotations. It, it was head-scratching why Terrence Mann wasn't a part of the rotation for the Clippers earlier in this postseason. And he was inserted, stepped up big time in that series just a, a couple moments ago. Uh, you know, And now um, now you sit with uh, him with just three points in this game. Yeah, he's 1 of
2: 5. And Ty though wasn't afraid to change his rotation. He will, in the middle of a series, go and tell guys, like, hey, you were part of the rotation before. You're not now. Here's why. But it's, it's interesting that he's found that way to be able to get players to buy into that, to understand that it also could flip the other way, where if something doesn't work... Ty going to change it up again and give somebody more opportunities. But if you start off one for five the way that Man has, that, that's, that's not going to help keep you in this game and keep you in the rotation because it's now, what, a, a nine-point game. You've got to start climbing back if you're the Clippers, especially with Crowder
4: not out there on the floor. This is your chance to make this a closer game. And now you're starting to see that comfort level uh, from Chris Paul. He's getting into the mid-range. That's where he thrives. Uh, just hit a floater in the lane it's to beautiful make it 78-67. to 67. Oh. And, you know, I won't say – I still think this Clippers team is going to give uh, – is going to have some fight here. But, um, you know, Devin Booker, easy dunk. Oh. To the uh, to the Ooh. cup, and now you're going to get a timeout from Ty Lue. Uh. So it's a 13 point lead. Now you're seeing Phoenix flex a little bit. That was that was incredible. You had a possession where Chris Paul goes to the bucket. He gets a a floater in the lane, and then Devin Booker. That's what he can do and he splits the defense, not shooting all that well tonight, but the athleticism to get to the cup, he finishes there, and he does give oh, a big flex. Oh, the snarl and the flex. I mean, he doesn't have the mask on anymore.
2: Yep. I'm telling you, that mask, just it's putting saran wrap on you. Have you ever played with one of those? Have you ever had one of those I, on I your face? I never broke my nose. Yeah, neither did I when I played, although you played at even a higher level than me. I only played in high school. But that being said, uh, that it fogs up. Guys can't see. So the minute I saw him in warm-ups can't without breathe. that, it's everything, and by the way, he's going to the rim too, still with a messed up nose and no mask. So he's he'd, he'd rather get smacked in the face than wear that mask. That shows you where he is,
4: and that shows his toughness too. So 80 to 67 is where we stand right now as uh, we've hit a media timeout and uh, a great answer to a, a short little run there from the Clippers. And as you see at DraftKings right now, your live game, uh, the Clippers plus eight and a half. I've got it at six and a half for the full game. Don't feel great, but. We'll see if the Clippers can uh, can find themselves a run here to to answer this from the Phoenix Suns. I do want to go back to uh, this Bucks game tomorrow night against the Hawks, and something that that we talked about off air a little bit is the Trey Young situation. It, it, we don't know how healthy he is. I, I I tend to believe Nick that he is he is severely hampered yeah. with that foot that bone bruise that he that he uh, that he suffered in, in game in game three. Um, but the depth of the Hawks is something that you believe in much more than what the Bucs have.
2: I, I look at a team where Lou Williams steps right in in a position when Trey Young's not there. I watch an Atlanta team that has suddenly Cam Reddish come back from an injury yeah. and contribute. And remember, Bogdan Bogdanovich has he's been hurt. up too. So he's, he was a stud last series. This Atlanta team is really, really deep. And Kevin Herter, who can just Light it up there. There is a lot of talent with Atlanta. They're a lot deeper. The difference is, is that when you look at the top of what Milwaukee's got at their roster, they're just more top heavy. When you take Trey young out of the equation for the Hawks, but you need Chris Middleton and you need drew holiday to have really big games. If you want to be in position to take the series lead in this. And it's look, I keep thinking that Atlanta's done like every series except the first round against the Knicks. You could tell that clearly they had that under control. But they continue to find their way to fight. And you said this earlier where you talked about Phoenix kind of playing loose and really just almost having this like blissful ignorance, right, where they just didn't realize the stage they were on as they kept going through the playoffs. It kind of feels that way with Atlanta, too, because this was a team that where their coach got fired, they looked like they weren't even going to get to the playoffs. The type of run that they went on after the All Star break, with what Nate McMillan was able to do, they've bought into his system the way the Clippers seem to buy into Ty Lu once they're actually down in a couple of, down a couple of games in a series. And then you watch this Hawks team continue to just climb back, to
4: fight, to be up big on the Bucks when Giannis is out there without Trey Young. That's really telling to me. Yeah, and what they did last night was was really impressive. And to that point, I heard. Kevin Herter, my ginger brother, on a yes. uh, on an interview, Yes. and uh, yeah, and he that's kind of what he pointed out was, you know, they they have been a team that's been overlooked. I mean, everybody. The only thing I got right uh, about the Hawks this postseason was them to beat the Knicks. But that was a situation where the odds makers believed in the Hawks more so than the Knicks, and the Hawks were a slight series favorite. Everybody was taking plus money, even money on the Knicks, and they cruised through that series, you know, they only won lost one game in which Knicks fans celebrated like they had won a title. That was uh, Hey man, it's been a big drought. That was pretty embarrassing. That was that was a big moment for Knicks fans. uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) Sitting out there
2: on on what is it, thirty fourth Avenue. Hey, this was a big year for me. My childhood team, the Knicks made the Playoffs. The Wizards, who became my adopted team since I've lived in D.C. for a long time, just made the playoffs. It wasn't great, but whatever. So this, I'm not used to seeing both the Knicks and Wizards not in the lottery. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, yeah, just a, sitting there going, "What? what? You know what? I've I've An had a lot of seed a five tough times. All right, as a <laughs> sports fan, at least I got to go to a couple championship <laughs> parades over the last couple of years. Oh. It's mostly been sadness
4: and distraughtness. But you look at tomorrow night. <laughs> And this is, I mean, the statistics show that the winner of a, in a 2-2 series, the winner of Game 5, I think it's like 80% of the time, they, they go on to win that series, Nick. So it's in Milwaukee. I, I do give Milwaukee, I think the odds are right. I think it's around minus 120, minus 130 for them to win this series, the Bucks, And I think that's about right because uh, I do, I would give the slight edge to the Bucks to win this series, but you know tomorrow night is is so pivotal because this Bucks team, with likely without Giannis, Nick, to be down three-two going into Atlanta is just a, a different beast. So I think for the Bucs, it is so important for them to take care of business tomorrow. And I think they will. I, I do think the Bucs will win. Haven't played it yet, but I think this is a spot where I'm going to wait and see if the market, I think the market's going to be all over Atlanta tomorrow. Yeah, the, the Giannis situation makes it really, really complicated. But... And, and, but to 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 the Giannis situation, look at what the Hawks did yesterday mm-hmm. when Trey Young went out, right? Right.
2: But those are two different teams. Like, that that's my point, is that Milwaukee was down big with Giannis already out there. Atlanta just... Look, Milwaukee has a ton of pressure on them because for the last, what, three years or so, the expectations have been at least get to the finals. Well, Atlanta's like... We weren't even supposed to be here. Right. I don't care. Like, so for them, they're just playing with house money at this point. And if you're the Bucks, it's like, we got to get there. We've got to get to the finals. And then Giannis is hurt on top of that. So we need to see, too, very early on. Because remember, now it becomes that best of three. You talk about how pivotal, when it's 2-2, that game five, how important that is. You have to see a Bucs team that looks loose and looks confident early because if Atlanta goes out and takes an early lead like they did last game, you're going to watch a Bucs team, I think, really start to play stiff, to not look comfortable, and to start to force things and make
4: horrific turnovers like they did last game. Well, and the the thing I was trying to get to, though, with – you lose your star, and I, you could see there was like a a guard put down by by Milwaukee, which was just a joke. I mean, to, to go out and have 38 points in the first half yeah. was ridiculous. But I think being at home, knowing you're going to be without Giannis, you see that it, that teams kind of rise to the at least for one game, not all like all throughout a series. So if Trey Young is is not healthy or can't play. I think the Hawks kind of come back down to earth a little bit, and I think you see that rise that we saw from the Hawks yesterday for the Bucks tomorrow night at home in front of their crowd, knowing we got to pick up the slack
2: for the big fella. You, you've got to understand the position you're in, and then Milwaukee is in a really, really tough position without their star, but you can get one or two good games out of Middleton, out of Drew Holiday, maybe, maybe get Giannis back, and those guys hold down the fort until then. Well, I'm not in a great position because the
4: Clippers are down by... 12 right now and boogie cousins is shooting threes exactly what i want to see uh with the clippers laying two and a half here in the second half but hey still got about uh 16 minutes or go this is Suns are going to
0: the finals (laughs) folks it's the (laughs) nightcap here on decent
3: work.